diving. Hope comes and stops us in our tracks. Bravely we prove in our striving. Trudging together each day. Where there's a will, there's a way. Hello everyone and welcome to Raw Recovery. A Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion. You know it. It's Dion. Everybody knows Dion. One way or another. Wants a piece of Dion. <laughs> if I was Dion Sanders, maybe. But welcome to Trudging Together. Uh, another episode uh, of, of TT and Raw Recovery. Today, um, we had Travis and I met Travis through a mutual friend, Amber. She's on our team. I'll talk about her. Um, and I believe she, you're actually your sponsor, aren't you? Yes. I don't mind. Okay, blown in Nimby here a little bit. That's all right. We're not using last names. <laughs> um, and he started attending our, our big, our big book study. And I've gotten, kind of gotten to know him and I was real curious to hear his story. Um, I feel like he's a lot like me where, you know, he's actually going to share his feelings instead of just giving us, you know, a bland story that men are usually like that. So, um, but uh, I'm really excited to have Travis on. Travis, thank you very much for taking your time to be on today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me, Dion. Appreciate it. Um, and, all of, all of our guests know that um, I am not the leader in this, so I'm going to go ahead and give up the reins, hand it over to Travis, and it's going to be it's going to be Travis's podcast now. So, Travis, the show is yours, brother. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. So um, I would say. My, I will start by saying I'm Travis and I'm definitely an alcoholic. <laughs> that's, that's one thing for sure. Um, now I grew up in a family of, uh, five kids. Okay. Two parents, uh, okay. together. And, um, it was kind of a picture perfect thing, you know, church yeah. on Sunday and whatnot. Okay. And I started to, uh, like perform as a kid. I was like a singer and a musician and, wow. and played shows. I started doing shows when I was like six, seven years old. Wow. And, uh, it sort of took off. I, um, I was, I, I, I was, I auditioned for, um, Ed McMahon Star Search at the time. Oh, I'm, uh- I know Star Search. You know Star Search anyway. It's sort of the, those of you who don't, it's like American Idol. Uh, yeah, did you get uh, the Ed McMahon? I did. I got on nice. the show. Yeah, I got on the show and I, and I, and I, and I performed in a couple of episodes. I won a couple of them and then, um, and then, so that was at the height of my life. Nine yeah. years old. Everything was just wonderful. The, so you got your 15 minutes of fame at six. Yes, the career, okay. the everything, relationships. 
Um, wow. And when I got back from taping that show, um, my dad was sleeping on the couch. Okay. And my uh, they they took me and my little sister out on the deck one day and and said they were getting a divorce. Yeah. And we both said, well, we're sorry. What we we'll, we'll be good. My sister and I, we we, oh, bl- we blamed ourselves. You. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was definitely uh, in our our fault in our in our in our child brains. And um and from that moment forward, I felt the different. I felt a hole in my heart. Um, I turned my anger inwards towards myself. Okay. Um, and yeah, exactly. Knew nothing. Um. I immediately switched schools. We were going to a private school, and then we immediately, uh, uh, single mom couldn't afford it, so we went to uh, public school in fifth grade, and and it was, uh, I, I, I felt different than everyone there. Sure. Um, you know, I was still performing and um, doing it less and less because of, kind of bullying situations. Yep. And um and then in middle school I smoked pot for the first time and felt a little better, you know. Okay. But, but uh relaxed a little bit and then I got to high school and started playing music, and I was doing theater, and I uh, started doing drugs, and started drinking, and I'll never forget the first time I uh, had alcohol, like yeah. a lot of alcohol, my shoulders just relaxed. I finally mm-hmm. felt apart. Mm-hmm. I finally felt like... I guess the sense of comfort that I had prior to my parents splitting up and my family breaking up. Okay. So um, that was huge and amazing, and I ran with it. Um, alcohol and drugs in high school allowed me to connect um, in some way with a lot of people, you know, a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of girlfriends, and and just a, it 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 worked as a medicine. Um, yeah. And and then college came, and and it um I I I I I, I got lucky somehow and tested well, and I went to a uh, music school in Boston, and. Uh, and I was 18, and you, I got plucked from, you know, small, small town in Louisiana yeah. and dropped in Boston in the middle of the winter. Wow. And uh, I tested highly into these Cuban jazz ensemble guitar classes, mm-hmm. and the teacher did not speak. 
speak English and all I spoke was English and uh, I was absolutely lost and I was too young yeah. to drink, too young to get alcohol there and didn't know anybody too insecure. Yeah. And I'd spend my days in practice rooms miserable and in the bathrooms smoking pot to numb it out. Yeah. So my brother, my brother, uh, Gave me permission and said, why don't you just come home? Why don't you come home? And I was like, okay. So I went home. I left that school and went home. And um, I had all this shame for, yeah. like, backing out on my dream of going to this school. And everyone mm -hmm. in my small town was rooting for me and all that. And, um... Uh, yeah, no, it just carried so much shame around it, yeah. but totally conflicted because it was miserable and I was thinking of how much money it was going to cost and, and all this, all this crap. And so I came by home and I just drank to pour alcohol all over the shame, all over the sense of failure, all over the uh, low self-esteem, uh, yeah. you know, quitting and not knowing what to do and and I um I uh, I started doing more plays in my in in the bigger city next to my town. Okay. And I would find a the outlet in in theater and uh and I was performing still in rock, in like rock bands and blues bands around Louisiana. Real quick question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was uh was your father a drinker? No. Okay. No. My grandfather was. Ah, okay. Yeah. Alright, that makes sense. And then your dad's like, I'm never touching this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was he very unhappy? Your no, it was the opposite. So my dad was happy go lucky. Okay. You know, Total like they call the man. Nothing could uh nothing could uh ruin his day, you know. And and but my mom, she was more of a of a control freak, you know, okay. and, and and um definitely suffered from untreated Al-Anon. Okay. And her her brother was murdered when she was a kid. Oh. And she yeah. basically lived and her father was a raging alcoholic who scared the crap out of her and um so she she lived in a in a in um in a fear-based place you know most most of the time and suffered uh with that and um but found her comfort in religion okay. and um and um but nonetheless, she she had some tight reins on us, and uh, she also found her comfort toward taking me places when I was younger, performing and stuff. Sort of, okay. that was her her distraction, I think, from okay. some serious sure. um, emotional pain. But I um, yeah, I was miserable. I was. I was getting some relief in theater, but I was also drinking a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I would drink a pint of uh, of whiskey at, throughout a, a play, throughout the play. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, 
Oh, well, I would share a pint with one other guy, so about a half pint. That was um, good. Yeah, right. We'd fill up a. Uh, well, he was he was of age. We'd fill up a, uh, uh, you know, Wendy's cup with Coca Cola and and whiskey yeah. and and just drink through the run of the play. And by the end of the play, you know, you had to kind of during curtain call had to help us come up from the bow because we were pretty wasted um so then the then the misery then it stopped working for me um there were blackouts and things happened in blackouts that i would never have done in my waking life um i became a violent person i i I started to use anabolic steroids because i was deeply insecure and I wanted to feel strong and wanted to, you know, be whatever I thought was, was a man and, and tough yeah. and built and all this stuff. Again, yeah. just checking out and, you know, crashed cars, um, um, cheated, lied, uh, in a blackout during my birthday, this bar threw me a party and I woke up the next morning with my pockets full of cash and I cleaned out a register at my birthday party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, it happened. It happened, it happened. And um, I, I but my problem was my, I had a police officer in my family and oh. I got out of jail free every time. Oh, yeah. So um, I didn't have ultimate. I didn't have terrible consequences other than the the gripping fear of my girlfriend leaving me at the time. Okay. This fear of abandonment would yep. be gripping. Where I'll tell you a sick short story. Um. We got in some fight. Okay. I left her place, and I had this idea to literally beat myself up with my fists and okay. come back and say all sad that someone jumped me on the streets and beat me up. Please take me in, you know. Like that need to be... Yeah. saved and loved because and don't abandon me look at someone hurt you know all this yeah. and we're, we're chuckling yeah. at it now but it's yeah. serious man absolutely we, i mean we we have to laugh if we don't oh stuff just comes back we now we yeah deserve that totally totally so so at this point I'm now going to college in in Louisiana, and um, and I and I started to study. I started to to study theater educationally in college, uh, educational theater in college, and become a theater major. And I loved it because um, um, there weren't many guys and a lot of girls, and that was awesome and fun, yeah. and and uh, and I got to do a lot of uh great plays that I liked and um, I had a professor come into town who was a working actor in Los Angeles and and he came into town to uh, teach a semester for acting for camera so he 
a year shy of graduating, he asked if I was serious about acting, and I said, yep. And I was serious about acting, and I was serious about drinking, and um, and he said, well, I think you should move to Los Angeles. So I was like, okay. So I was like, yes, let's do it. I'm going to leave the alcohol and drugs at home, and I'm going to pack up the car and drive to Los Angeles and and start a, a career in acting. Yeah. So I drove out and um and got work at a restaurant and yeah. started working as an actor and I um I thought I had left the alcohol at home but the yeah. alcohol was too easily accessible at the restaurants and um uh, started drinking. A lot easier to get in LA. A lot easier to get anything. Crazy. In LA. Anything. Anything, anytime. And, um, I just poured, poured, uh, all, all all the fear, all the uncertainty, just poured liquor on top of it, black out. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was enabling. It was a place that was acceptable and. Yeah. Um, I could walk to work, so I wasn't super endangered. Better. I got in a relationship with a girl I loved, and, um, and my, uh, drinking got absolutely worse. Um, I, I found myself driving over, over the 101 freeway about 90 miles an hour, um, very drunk yeah. and in a fight with her because she this thought I, I was drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Um, and my response was to destroy my car from the inside out. So I yeah. knocked off my rear view mirror, my, my clicker, my windshield wiper and the windshield wiper was broken and it was going off and it was dry outside making a noise so I rolled down the window and ripped off the windshield wipers. Uh, needless to say, when I got off the the highway, she jumped out and ran and yeah. uh, and then it was poor me, poor me, poor me. So I abandoned again. Did it again and that time I said, you know what? I think I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to go to a meeting. I'm going to go to a meeting, please. But it was coming from a place where I was so afraid of her leaving me. So okay. afraid of being left again that I'm willing to do that. And maybe this will keep Give it a try. deeper, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I went to a meeting in Hollywood called Hollywood Late Night. Now, this meeting is a special meeting in a way, because it, it happens at it happens at like 11 p.m. I think, and it happened at 11 p.m. and it would draw a very interesting, heavy crowd of 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 of, of, of drunks and drug addicts and yeah. active drunks and drug addicts. Hollywood, the thick of it, uh, bums and and and. And, and, you know, sometimes. Let's just say a hot of. It was the armpit 
at the time. Uh, it was, it was, it was a, it was a place where this small town southern guy could not identify with these addicts. Yeah. And that was my meeting. I went there. Okay. The, the meeting also, uh, they, the, it was a heckling meeting, so people would share and the audience would heckle. <laughs> and it way. was insane. A guy's talking about driving his motorcycle drunk and, and his kid falling off and losing his child, and someone's heckling him. And so... I was like, this isn't for me. I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah. So I, I never went back to AA at that point. I left. And did you, how did you know about AA in the first place? Because when I was in Louisiana, I used to record at this recording studio. Okay. And there was an AA meeting right across the, the parking lot from it. And people would be laughing and okay. clap, clapping. You could hear them. And my, 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 my bass player would make fun of these people. And it always bothered me. Yeah. It really bothered me. I knew right from wrong. You know, I grew yeah. up in a, in a moral household. Yeah, very high morals. Which was also the, the curse because how do I keep fucking up. I know I'm, this is wrong. I know yeah. I'm wrong. I knew right from wrong. So I I knew about AA then. Okay. And one time I was camping with a guy who was a who was a big time drunk. We were camping with a group of guys and he was there reading the big book yeah. on his own silently. And I was like, what the heck's he doing? What is this? And I didn't get it, but I, but I related because he was like one of my. He was our age. He was younger. He's a younger guy. It wasn't just smoky rooms with you know old timers. Yeah, that's how I knew about it. Um, I knew I didn't have any money to go to therapy or treatment. Yeah, and I wasn't the type that would wake up with the shakes. I'm okay. the type that I would have one drink and I could not stop. Yep couldn't stop like no matter what i'm the guy that would have pills or of ecstasy that was like gonna save it for the weekend for his buddies yeah and, and tuesday i would take them all and tell my friends that i was getting pulled over by a cop and i had to just eat them yeah yeah and can you take care of me because i'm tripping balls or uh, yeah. high as a and you know just Steal your wallet and help you look for it, kind of yeah. behavior. Yep. Um. So, so I I tried to do it on my own. I was smoking okay. pot still with my girlfriend. She did not know I was drinking. Okay. Uh, one day I was working on on as a as an expo food runner at the restaurant, and I found myself. This was about. This was about. I was probably a couple months without drinking. Okay. I found myself pouring alcohol. I mean, pouring vodka from the cup just down my throat. I came to that in that moment that I was drinking. And I then started doing the math, and I was like, 
I've been doing this for like a week. So I was unconsciously, subconsciously, some other consciously drinking for a week and didn't even have the awareness that I had stopped. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the insanity of the disease. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. said. You know, sometimes I think about having a drink, but then I remember I have plans for Christmas. <laughs> and once I drink, time goes out the window. I, it, does, it no longer occurs to me the amount of time that mm-hmm. has gone by once I've started drinking. 100%. Yeah, it doesn't exist. No. Mm-mm. It just disappears. Yeah. And I won't, I won't even remember the week before, you know, when I was in the drunk tank. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't. You don't remember. And when you pick up that drink again, you, you there's absolutely no mem- memory of how bad it was in those moments. Yeah, I just can't bring those memories up to I am without defense against the first drink every day, yep. every day of my life. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and 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 needless to say, um, I hid it well because I was like, oh, this is vodka, doesn't smell. I can drink it, then I can eat, and then I can go back to my girlfriend's where where I was living. Yeah. Until, uh, I one day I went out of town. Okay. Uh, to, to film, to work on a project for a couple, a few weeks. And every night I would sit in this hot tub and I would drink. Okay. And then when I got back, uh, I still hit it and I would smoke pot with my girlfriend drink at work. Okay. And then I they they had a cast party a rap party in in Los Angeles that I went to, and I had plans with my girlfriend for afterwards. It was going to be okay. an, an early night, and I said, you know, and to myself I said, you know, I'm I'm just going to have one glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat the food that's there, and I'm going to go back to my girl, and we're going to have a night together. So I get to the party. It's a small, intimate party of, uh, you know, a living room party, basically. Okay. And um, I, everyone had their glass, and I had a glass and a wine, and I had that glass. And after some time of schmoozing and whatever, I uh, looked around, and some people's glasses were empty and, and low, and I thought, well, I'm going to go top off people's glasses like a gentleman you know (laughs) so I grabbed another bottle and opened it up and I'm topping off glasses for everyone and it everyone's topped off and then there I there I am with an empty glass and so I said well I'll just top mine off a little more can't hurt and then uh, I don't remember what happened next yeah. 
but I remember, but I do remember time had passed and I came to in a phone booth at the W Hotel. Apparently I had been at the bar, I was told later, and I knew the bartender and I was given um, just vodka all night. And I, I was in the hotel phone booth on my cell phone talking to my girlfriend, telling her if she didn't come pick me up, I'm going to go home with the blonde producer. And I, uh, that was told to me after the fact. Yeah. And, um, and, um, and then I, I came to, I woke up at, at, at a, at a, an apartment. One okay. of the crew, one of the crew guys, and I was in the, uh, I was in his sink just throwing up by myself. Yeah. And I woke up and uh eight eight AM my phone was broken. And I somehow got to my car and got home and my stuff was all packed up on the front. And um I said I'm an alcoholic. I know it now. I know it now. There's no doubt. I'm going to meetings, I'm getting a sponsor and I'm gonna work the steps. I just knew it. I said it to my innermost self. Yes. I said that to her. Um, I went to, that was a Saturday, that was a Saturday. Psychic change to me. Oh, it was, it was, it was done. It was, it was it. I could hear it in your voice that it was, this was it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Dion, it's the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of it, and it. But it was so clear to me because I had such, um, what I thought was a sober plan. I had such a plan that night. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, And I've always been. I've always had determination, and I've always sure. I've always been a doer and I would get jobs done and I had no problem committing and to, to anything, you know, and, and, um, I had such a plan that night, a yeah. simple plan of one glass of wine, have some food, going back to my, I, I'm safe. I'm good. It's going to yeah. be fine. And it sounded like you were even looking forward to going and spending time with your girlfriend. Absolutely. It was very important to you. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it literally blew my mind what had happened. It's almost like the yeah. drunks before that were so premeditated and yeah. just routine drunks that, like, duh, of course I'm gonna do this. Of course I'm gonna sneak away at, at while we're watching a concert to go yeah. get beer, but I'm gonna have like three shots of tequila secretively, you oh. know. Oh, I always had secret shots. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I have girlfriends. Can you stop going by and sneaking the alcohol by the bar? <laughs> you know I'm doing that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's, uh, you know, like. Until I got married, what I used to tell people that I was dating, I would tell them, I'm an alcoholic. I know I am. And if you try and change me, 
I will break up with you. <laughs> How do you start a relationship like that? No, you know, it, what it told them was I'm not willing to commit. Right. Because I knew it wasn't going to work. I yeah. knew it wouldn't work. They always try and change me. You know, yes. I've been a drug and alcohol counselor. I've been sober for 12 years. Yeah. And all that stuff does not come up Mm-mm. when you start to drink. When you're four or five in, that's when it starts showing up. Yeah. And different at home. Man. So, so what happened? You went to a meeting or? Yeah, I went to this, this two o'clock meeting. Uh, in the middle of that Saturday, and it was people like my age, and it, I mean people of all ages, but it was a, a very happy group. And I I raised my hand and said I was an alcoholic, yeah. and I felt the acceptance and the love in the room, yeah. and um, and it was a it was. Um, a jovial bunch. Um, there's one guy whose laugh was just hilarious and, and bizarre, but he was just, he would laugh. And I was like, I think that guy, I need to ask him to be my sponsor. He's got a great laugh. Um, but after the meeting, you know, I took a chip and there was like, there was this applause and there was this welcoming and just come yeah. and like appreciation and, and I think just saying those words on a group level at a meet, at a meeting, yeah. I don't, I don't think I know yeah. when I said I'm an alcoholic. It's important that we come in and state that. Yeah. You know, it's important that we come in, you know, if you're not going to, you know, share, at least claim your seat. You know, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm here be, because of this. Yeah. Um, you know, I call AA the place where bullshit and loneliness dies. Uh huh. And it can happen on the first meeting. I, you know, even to this day, I love going to meetings because that's where my people are at. Yeah. That's where I feel accepted, wanted, needed, loved, and not abandoned. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's always a meeting, and 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 there and and that's true. You're ne- you're not abandoned, and you're reminded of that too. Beyond the room, yeah. You you know. Um. Yeah, I went in there. I I, I grabbed the, I grabbed that guy after. I said, "Can you sponsor me?" And um, he said, "Can you? Yeah." Can you do 90 and 90? Mm. It's like, and then my competitive ego. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. What do you mean 90 and 90? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's one of those examples where your defects of character yeah. <laughs> um, serve you. Yeah. You know, I think in the in the seventh step prayer, right? Um, it's some um, I'm 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 blanking on the prayer. What I, what is the seventh step prayer? All, all, all that my defects of character r- remove my defects yeah. of character, or, or not all, but the ones that are stopping me from being of yeah. service. I just paraphrased, right? Yeah. That's okay. 
So, <laughs> what's that? It says in the big book you can't paraphrase. Yes. Well, the message was at this point that that defect of character, the fear of abandonment, and my uh, my kind of know it all, I can do it all attitude. Got me to go to 90 meetings in 90 days, and the yeah. ice started to melt. Yeah. And and in that time, I learned so much. I I was going to that same meeting. I found a tribe. I found a family, and yeah. um, started working the steps. So, interestingly enough, um, I stayed sober for. Five years. Okay. Um, and I, at five years, I had only gotten to step nine and a half. Okay. I, I had only gotten to step nine and a half. I had, okay. I had way more amends I needed to do. And, the problem for me, and this, this has, this approach may, may have worked and may, and might work for some, mm -hmm. some varietals of alcoholics, but the problem for me was that sponsor, um, his approach was, was for me to go at my own pace. And so, I would, and he got busy, and he became successful in 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 his career, and he would travel, and he kind of, uh, in my humble opinion, a lot of it went to his head, and and perhaps I was also jealous because it was in a field of the, similar to mine that I wanted to do, okay. and so I there was some like. Every time we meet to do step work, he's talking about his career, and it makes me feel like shit, you know? And he kind of leaned into ego. Um, yeah. And less sobriety and, and more more ego. And, and, and more, or I should say, uh, more self. More self. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I stopped working with him at five years of sobriety. Yeah. I, 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 I stopped at step nine and a half and I would go to a 10 o'clock meeting every morning. Okay. And it was a very, uh, lovey dovey meeting. Everyone was wonderful. Everyone shared. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk about the steps, you know, <laughs> and it was just clapping and kumbaya and food and coffee and, and, and a lot of great advice. And I listened a lot and I shared a lot and I took a lot of it in. Yeah. And, um, and then I stayed sober for five more years just doing that. Peppered in with some, uh, you know, Tony Robbins cassettes. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Dyer, you know, Byron Katie, all the self-help stuff, which is great. But they're great. I love Wayne Dyer. I love it. I love it all. It was wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. And then there, but then there was a time when I lost my sober pet unexpectedly. Okay. The, 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 the cat died. Okay. And, and it was at the same time my mother got diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Oh man. Yeah. And she was 61. And, um, and so I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. Um, a ton of fear, a ton of, um, resentment. Mm-hmm. I resented my girlfriend for not understanding. Yeah. I resented my girlfriend for not being like the support that I assumed that she should yeah. have been during that time. For for I it assumed that she should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blame, uh, dishonesty, resentment, fear, yeah. selfishness, just consumed with it. Um, I did not have the tools. I wasn't plugged in to the yep. template of the 12 steps. Yep. I, was going to 12, I was going to 12 step meetings, but not taking steps. To me, it, 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 it turned into insanity. Yeah. You know, I was yep, taking that, from the meetings. And that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah. And I, a lot of people don't understand. You don't need to be drinking for your alcoholism to progress. You don't need alcohol. You just need not do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll still kill you. At a hundred percent. There was a point when I was laying in my bed and I, um, I was, I, I started to contemplate suicide and what it would be like. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. Yeah. I don't want to live if it's going to be like this. What's the point of life anyway? What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. I'm 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 around 30 years old at this time, and I'm like, start getting all these existential thoughts. What's the point of even living? What's the point yeah. of human beings? What's Why the point of the here? universe? What yeah. is this? And um, and so. There was a point, so I, I stayed dry for 10, for 10, like for five more years. And, and, and at the 10 year mark, yeah, my mom got sick. I lost a pet. Okay. All of the serenity was gone. Um, and I got in one stupid fight with my girlfriend that we lived together for seven years. I have no idea what the fight was about. Yeah, doesn't matter. We got in a stupid fucking fight, and I was like, forget it. Went to the kitchen. I poured a glass of whiskey, and I was bringing it to drink it, and she flew in there. She took it out of my hands and dumped it out and said, go to Moore Park, which is, we lived on Moore Park. There's meetings at Moore Park on this church. Go to Moore Park. And she saved me that day. And yeah, I went, went, sure went to Moore Park. Um, there was a guy there and I was already going to meetings there. <laughs> I was already going, but I went that day. There was a guy there that I've seen regularly 
who is always, in hindsight, always carrying the message. Yep. Always happy, joyous, and free. And and when he wasn't, he would practice this tenth step that I used to make fun of in earlier society. Uh, like, all right, did a fourth step. What's the point of ten? And he would get rooted out of his misery and back into service. And his shares, he never, he never, he always carried the message in his shares about what it did for him. Yeah. And I I called bullshit. I was like, this guy can't be like this. this. There's something up with him. There's something up. And then I started seeing him at... at other places in the area. Mm-hmm. And this guy just was connected. Yep. Connected to that inner resource. Connected to his higher power. His higher power. Yep. That spirit of the universe. He was just... He was a walking... He was walking proof. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, said, I asked him to sponsor me. And, and he said... Well, tell me about your story. And I told him my story. And he said... Sounds like um, sounds like you 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 didn't know how to properly like give back. You didn't you don't know how to sponsor. You don't you you didn't complete the steps and um, and you were taking a lot of good stuff from the meeting, but you don't know the joy of giving back. Yeah. To AA, what's so freely given to you? Yeah. And you can't keep this thing if you don't give it away. And I was like, okay. And then he made a joke. He said, Confucius says, he who sponsors himself has a fool for a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Confucius is right. I was like, you're right. He said, "Um, I'll tell you what. If if, If you've had enough... I need to ask you how soon do you want to get well? Yeah. I want to get well now. He said, now the way I, the way I do it is, is as it's outlined in the big book, it takes about two and a half to three months to do these 12 steps the way that we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, you'll have a working knowledge of the steps and you'll be ready to sponsor people. Yep. You'll have an, an, a, a step notebook and a step journal. The notebook's going to be for you to do your step work in. The journal's going to be for you to take down the information that I give you mm-hmm. that you'll refer to while working the steps. And you'll also use that when you start sponsoring people. Yep. And the only way this will work is if you do it to the best of your ability. Yep. And you do it every day. And I want you to call me every day during this process. Yep. And if I don't answer, leave a message that you're checking in. Yeah. And if I answer, we'll talk. If you're in a bind and I don't pick up, leave a message. I'll call you right back. Mm-hmm. And you just need to call to check in every day. And that's going to build integrity because you're doing what you said you will do. You're going to yep. be um, accountability. accountability. Consistency ensures a great quality of life. Yeah. And uh, and if you're in a bind, you're in the habit of calling. Those are some secret ingredients there, man. 
Man, un- unreal, right off the bat. Gave me a short list of seven of craving tips or action tips initially. Yeah. Fold it, put it in your wallet, write it down, put it in your wallet, and, you know, and I uh, would open it up and when I was feeling disturbed and at early early new sobriety, born to yeah. sobriety, so to speak, I, I would take out that list and and uh, and it worked. Do you, do you still have that list? Absolutely, it's in my wallet. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Do yeah. me or send it to me. I, I will. Yeah. Uh, I will. I certainly will. Yeah. Um, add to my repertoire. That's a that's a great idea. Giving. Yeah. Because we don't, you know, you know, when all else fails, go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of water, chocolate, Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I can't, I I need something. I need like an instruction manual. I can't mm-hmm. think my way into it. I got to get the list out, read it. Okay, I'll do this and then I'll do it, you know, or someone has yeah. to tell me what to do in that early sobriety. But I'll tell you, we got we 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 got through the steps, and uh, you know, doing a fifth step with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, let me let me digress because my I I I I I took a little bit of uh, of liberty and 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 didn't call a couple times. Uh, okay. And then he called me. He called to check in, or I called him. He goes, hey, bud, you missed a call yesterday. I said, yeah, I know. You know, I, I, I had an excuse. And he goes, okay, well, um, I'll tell you what. Um, if you're going to do this, you got to make this the priority. Yeah. If you give yourself to this for, for the next, you know, two and a half months, you, your life's gonna change. If you don't, if you can't do that, then, then I'm not the right sponsor. You might want to get a sponsor who doesn't want you to call them and who doesn't want you to go to meetings. <laughs> and then they sound, sounded ridiculous and I was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. So I, um, I think he also said, I think it was probably a couple of missed calls because I missed a couple of days. He goes, I have to start thinking. He goes, my sponsor will, my sponsor drops, will stop sponsoring a man who, who, who misses three calls. He says, I, I can't co-sign anybody's bullshit. Like you, right. you, you said you were willing to go to any lengths. And, and, and I'm giving you simple instructions that if, if you cannot follow, then I can be doing, working with someone else in your place. Right. And I was like, wow, this is serious. Like he's serious yeah. and he cares about me. Yeah. And so I jumped back on it and, and, and knocked him out. And I kept remembering what he said. How soon do you want to get well? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he had me write a willingness prayer. Yeah. And that willingness prayer uh, was a prayer that he would tell me to refer to it when I felt sluggish in the in the fourth step, you know. Mm-hmm. And and, and in, included in that willingness prayer was asking direction from higher power. Mm-hmm. 
you know, having the willingness to do this every day, yeah. this step work every day. And My sponsor gave me the set aside prayer for that. Yes, it's basically that. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So I got, I got through when I did five, six, and seven. Man, the fear fell by the wayside. Um, I, I, all the fifth step promises came true. I felt okay. the nearness of my creator. Mm-hmm. I began to have a spiritual experience. I, um, I don't know. I just, it was, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And launched into the rest of the steps. Um, eight and nine, I made all the amends. Mm-hmm. He had me do three. He had me write out, write out the first three amends. Okay. He gave me the instructions on, uh, 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 or the, uh, the suggestions on, on how to do it. And then, and then, and then I was to write out the first three amends and, uh, okay. read that, read them to him to make sure I had a proper suggested yeah, format. Yeah, you were doing that right. Yep. And then it was to do three, three, at the a minimum of three a week. Okay. And this is to keep me moving through and not stalling on them. Yeah. And this was, this, there was an order of doing it. In person, if I can't get someone in person, FaceTime, if I can't get someone on the FaceTime, uh, phone call. If I can't get someone on the phone call, write a letter. Yeah. And that, that goes with certain appropriate things, like certain ex-girlfriends that don't want to cause harm yeah, to others. Yeah, when we say that we're not going to injure others, sometimes we do, like maybe she's married now. Exactly. It doesn't need you coming in and disrupting her life. That's not for us to decide. Absolutely. So I had this list, and then and then if they're past, if they're gone, a, 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 a ritual of sorts to sure. honor and and give their amends, give your amends, living amends and whatnot too. Yeah. Um. But I I did I did. I did them. I knocked. I did them three a week, and and um, amends that I was terrified to do, like um, you know, repay the church money because I took yep. down their hurricane fence in my vehicle. You know, <laughs> so um, I I found a new happiness, a new peace, yeah. the power. I, I tapped that inner resource intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. That's my favorite. It's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you know it when it oh. happens, too. <laughs> it, it's so nice because, well, now that I don't have all this other bullshit, yeah. I can kind of see it for what it is now. And yeah. And now I don't have to bring my frothy emotional appeal into it also. Yeah. So I can actually work on the problem without you know, bringing in my feelings. It's a lot uh, simpler. I want to say easier, but it we, is easier, actually. Yeah. Much easier I, than the life I was living. 
It, it really is. And thinking back to that, how exhausting it sounds to be living like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And what a, and how natural it felt for us. Yeah. Thinking, thinking everybody, because in the beginning of my drink career, I thought everybody can drink like that. But yeah. Well, yeah, it, my friends drank like, like I did, but they went to college. I would mm-hmm. just get rub. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. I, I, I know. I know. It's wild, man. I mean, a hundred percent. I'll tell you early on that, that reminded me there's, uh, this was early sobriety, 30, okay. 30, in, in, before 90 days. Okay. Got, got in a big fight with a girl. Yeah. Um, oh no, first people were giving me their numbers at meetings and I thought it was weird. <laughs> And I was like, I thought they wanted something from me. Okay. And and especially the guys. I had a real problem with guys. I had a real problem with men, you know? Yeah. It's the way it works with alcoholics. Right? Ask any alcoholic man. They'll say, I get along better with women. Yeah. Ask any alcoholic woman, I get along better with men. Yes. Now, we're just trying to avoid what it is that we need to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This guy hands me his number and I, and I I put it in my pocket and I was like he wants something like this is just weird. Uh, However, I got in a huge fight with my girlfriend. I think it was we were breaking up. I was trying to break up with her because it wasn't healthy anymore. Okay. And we swapped roles. She became an insane alcoholic and I was sober. And. uh She's in the bathroom and I'm, I open up her liquor cabinet and I decided that I was going to start with one bottle and just drink the whole cabinet. And then I remembered a saying someone said at a meeting, don't drink or use no matter what. Yeah. And then I thought about it like I wanted to put that to the test of this and maybe it will fail. Maybe this isn't a no matter what situation, but I was like, okay, don't drink or use no matter what. Oh yeah, this is uh this is a no matter what situation. Yeah. Like this is an example of not drinking or using. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call somebody. If they don't answer, I'm gonna drink. I called the guy who gave me his number, thought it was weird, and uh, he yeah. didn't answer. And I was like, see, he just wanted something. I'm going to drink. I grabbed a bottle and almost opened it up and my phone rings and it's him calling me right back. Yeah. I answer the phone. Daniel. Yeah. What's up, bud? And I just started crying. I was like, I'm about to drink. I'm about to, I'm about to fucking finish it off. I'm going to drink till I die. I'm sorry, but I just, Calling and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, so simple, so simple. He goes, hey, man, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Let me ask you something. I was like, what? He goes, you have your shoes? I was like, yeah. He goes, 
get emotional. He goes, do you have your keys? Yeah, he goes, run. And I got up and I ran like Forrest Gump. I just took off running. And I ran. And, and it saved my life. I just, I just needed that. I needed to be told what to do. I that, had that no power. Wise, God interfered. I mean, yes. literally interfered. Yeah. He's trying to tell you something. Yes. Yeah. You well, got work to do, brother. They say that in the in the book, you know, there comes a point where, you know, neither man nor, you know, self, um, it must come from a power greater than greater you. yourself. Yeah. And that happened prior to that knowledge of those, of the work. But, yeah. um, you know, to bring it all back full circle, by the time I finished all 12 steps, mm-hmm. um, I had made amends to, to a sister that wasn't talking to me anymore. Okay. I had made things right with my family. I had, I had a working program of, of, of 10 steps when I'm disturbed that I could do. Beautiful. Um, I was doing prayer and meditation every morning and every evening. I would do this, the, the 10 step work, the writing, and, uh, I found myself having more time during the day because yeah. Somehow that paradoxical thing, when we take care of our our home, we have more time. And I thought, Amazing. how am I going to have time to do this stuff? Yeah. I was sponsoring guys. And my mother went into hospice. Okay. And I was able to, um, I was able to show up with my brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. And play music around her and get to experience her moving on and letting go. And it was the most profound, beautiful experience of my life. And I would not have been able to do that had I not been sober and had I not been working all 12 steps. Right. And what's beautiful about this podcast today is the anniversary of that day oh yeah so (laughs) still going strong yeah yeah thank you god yes you that was it that was what a nice present man yeah well i'm glad i get to be i'm glad i i'm glad that you know nothing happens in god's world by mistake but Mm-mm. You know, all I did was ask you a simple question. Hey, would you like to share your story? And what's great is it always turns into these beautiful things. I right. Every story is different. And people are so beautiful. Yeah. And when I say here and say, hear you saying that you get to do these things mm-hmm. through your mom. Yeah. God, that makes you so grateful. Yeah. It makes me just, oh, yeah. Man. And I want more of it because I'm an extreme alcoholic, you know. Well, so. you, you know, Dion, what, what, what I found, um, you know, in those like existential questions and 
and absolutely despair and wanting to die and kill myself and what's the purpose of everything. Mm-hmm. The, the purpose is that, is connecting, is connecting with other humans and being yeah. of service. Absolutely. And getting to do that, you know. And that's the key, you know. That, and I can always tell when people have humility because that's how they'll state it. Yeah. That's what they'll say. I am allowed to do this now. Yeah. And we're excited about it. You know, it's like it, it's like when you went to the amusement park for the first time to ride the roller coaster times ten. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's, you know, even while we're sitting here talking. Sponsee reaches out. He says, "Hey, I got a, I got a sponsee. I'm doing much better. You were right. Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's, yeah. And that's what my life is like today. I'm sure yours is too. I just yeah. get all. It's like good news all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Yeah. And." You know, I don't think I would have met any of these people if I had not been a member of AA. I wouldn't have friends like Travis and Amber and these people that support me. Now, I'm at seven years, 52 years old, and I'm just now getting friends. You know, this is new to me too, but it's fun. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best show in town for sure, and it's free. It's free. They don't. They're not asking. They're not trying to take anything, man. Free, freely given, or freely taken and freely given, and that's what yeah. I believe here. Yeah. And that's that's what we do. Um, beautiful stuff. Thank you. You have, you have any? Uh, Parting words for our guests. I um. I will action at the beginning to prepare that, but no, no. Um, I would just I would. The greatest, the greatest gift that 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 I have been given is. The gift of completing all 12 steps. Yeah. I had no idea. I heard it. Don't leave till the miracle happens. I've heard all these things. Yeah. Um, and every life still happens. And, yeah. and, and I need this design for living. And man, I'll tell you. A life without serving others is a, a very unfulfilling life. I I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely and I I think fulfillment is really what we're going for. I don't think happiness is the goal. Happiness is what I get when I have fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And yes. as a dividend for the, for the work that I do, there's, so when we do our work, there's things that are left over. That's all mine. Mm-hmm. That's all mine. It's nothing but joy, mm-hmm. um, and good things. 
So why would you know at this point? Yeah, why would I want any other way? So, at this particular moment, right now. Hundred percent. Thank you again for taking your time. I had a great time talking with. You, but yeah, I man, talking with you anyway. So yeah. likewise. So absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know. Love to do it again. You are all, you know, I tell all my guests, they are always welcome back. Thank um, you. I'm happy if you have to. have a topic, anything like that. All Thanks, right, Dion. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, this has been, it's a joy for me. I get so much out of doing this. Um, I live very vicariously off of it, but, you know, I get something out of it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> That shared experience, man. That's it. Uh, 100%. As for our listeners, thank you for listening to Raw Recovery. Um, I'm very bad at telling people where you can find us. I'll probably have to write a script at some point. But as for my Jerry Springer ending here, um, quantity and quality. You know, it's better to have quality than really quantity. Because here's the thing, is it doesn't matter how much time you have, you are an arm length away from a drink just like everybody else. So what is your attitude going to be today? Are you going to wake up and accept the fact that you get to be a part of life now? Or are you going to continue isolating? This has been a Raw Recovery Podcast. I love you, peace out, and have a day.